I'm Emily. And I'm Sierra. And, and welcome, welcome to TBD. Today, we are going to be talking about regenerative farming. Farming that is helpful for the environment and non-toxic. Setting up our society so that agriculture does not contribute to climate change. Let's jump into it. My experience was through my family before I was born. As I grew up, I was told this story. In Asheville, North Carolina, where a single mother, her son, and her boyfriend lived, there was a cabin on a piece of land. The land had provided them with a community and friends that they could always turn to when they needed. She gave them a place to live and land to farm and streams to play in. It gave the little boy his childhood with sword fights and forts and imagination. She let him lie in her grass and play in her branches. This land gave them everything she could. One night in September 2001, a hurricane came through. The stream rose and rose until it wasn't a stream anymore. It rose until it was a river, cutting into the bank. It rose until the little boy cried and the mother paced and the boyfriend frowned. It rose until the mother said enough and let her family out of the house and into the car. They drove through the night to reach her boyfriend's house. They saw sparks in the road and stopped. Power lines that had fallen into the road. They couldn't leave that way and didn't know how to get out. The hurricane shouldn't have been that strong where they lived, tucked away in the mountains. Naturally, they would have received some rain, but not to the degree of evacuating. The threat was caused by climate change. My team and I think that the source of climate change that needs addressing is agriculture. Agriculture has been around since the New Stone Age, also known as the Neolithic Era, which was around 10,000 years ago, according to an article, The History of Agriculture by Michael Marcina. Throughout the years, agriculture has spread and developed. Crops have spread all over the world, and people invented tools that were crucial for farming and industries. In an article called From Hay-Powered Horses to Gas-Powered Tractors, Mary Herring says that in 1892, the first tractor was invented replacing mules and other equine who had pulled carts and spread seeds, carried crops, and turned soil. The tractor was invented by a man of the name John Froelich and was gasoline-powered. Since farming was invented in the Stone Age, agriculture has changed drastically. Cities and civilizations emerged as a result of agriculture, and because crops and animals could now be grown to supply demand, the global population increased from about 5 million people 10,000 years ago to over 7 billion now. Everyone is impacted by climate change in one way or another, from flooding to warmer summers causing the energy bill to go up. Everyone is impacted. Some people are impacted firsthand by fires in California, causing citizens to have to leave their homes. Other people are fortunate enough to live somewhere where there are very limited impacts from climate change. Every year, these problems are getting worse. Fires getting bigger, water's getting higher, Antarctica getting smaller. Now people realize what is happening, and there are cases all over the world trying to help our planet. How did we switch from agriculture being healthy to toxic? My team and I hypothesis that it's because we tried to create agriculture industries, making it worldwide instead of on a smaller scale causing millionaires and business owners to get involved, making it about money instead of providing healthy food. Regenerative farming is farming that is healthy for the environment. It involves using crop rotation and not using any pesticides or herbicides. These simple things can create a safe farm environment. We interviewed Asher Wright, the director of Hickory Nut Gap Farm, which is a local farm that uses regenerative farming techniques. I'm Asher Wright and I'm the director of agriculture operations here at Hickory Nut Gap Farm. And my role is to oversee the, the farm here in Fairview. And uh, we have a number of lease properties as well. So we're farming on around 550 acres in a couple counties, Buncombe, and then also down in Rutherford County, we have a, about 100, 
40 acres in production down there with all of our mama cows. And I oversee the ag operation. And then I've also been doing some work with the partner farmers for our greater company. So we have two companies, Hickory Nook Gap Meats and Hickory Nook Gap Farm. We don't use any genetic pesticides or herbicides. Every now and again, spray vinegar to manage weeds. You know, vinegar at a high concentration can kill re- weeds. And it is um, OMRI approved. So it's, a, it's an approved certified organic input. But in, it, and then we also will use diatomaceous earth, which is basically ground up kind of seashells and, and little, and it's very sharp. And so it's a good dewormer for animals. And it also can help, like we, we put it in with our corn that's being stored in the bin and it can prevent weevils from coming and eating your grain. So in some sense, this is a pesticide in that it is a, a, a substance that's killing an insect or a weed, but it's not synthetic and it's not chemical like what you're talking about, like organophosphates and stuff that can be carcinogenic or, or cause health issues or water quality issues. So the short answer is no, we don't. We do occasionally use these natural ways of controlling and managing pests. So if regenerative farming is working out so great for Hickory Nut Gap, why do industries not switch to regenerative agriculture? Because regenerative farming is expensive and not worth their time because of the costliness of it. Asher Wright said this about why other farms might not switch over. I think like, like everything, there is a lot of knowledge that would say everything that I've just said is not true. And I think that you have to read behind between the lines and you need to follow the money. Okay. You you know, a lot of the folks that are, you know, not proponents of these production models are funded by major corporations that are benefiting from a more conventional form of agriculture. And so they allow a narrative to be perpetuated and continue that creates doubt around what the benefits of regenerative agriculture are. I think that's a big reason that people don't adopt these practices. That's one of them is that there's plenty of, you can read that all of this is BS. And I, you know, that is, that's a major issue. And so who funds that study and where's that coming from? That's an important thing that I think is worth asking. So that's one reason is there's plenty of knowledge out there that says, "Ah, you know, you don't really need to do this. Just keep doing what you're doing. I think the knowledge gap is a barrier. You know, when you're out there farming, it is, it can be a firefight. There's always something to do. And so to feel like you can sit and go and learn is a lot of times not super accessible to people that are already really farming. They're just stuck in it. We also asked him if there were any downsides to regenerative farming that people should be aware of. When you're really focusing on building soil health and having high animal welfare and thinking about local economies, rural livelihoods, um, paying your farmers and your farm workers a fair wage. All these things are tied to regenerative agriculture. It's not just about building soil health. It's about building people, building communities. All those things are tied into what regenerative is. And um, there's a higher cost of production there because you're not cutting corners and externalizing costs. That's an important kind of economic term to to wrap your head around and, and learn is it. Studies like the PMC study from the National Library of Medication clearly show that pesticides and herbicides have been found in our drinking water. So limiting such things and even cutting them out altogether is healthier for the environment. 
Pesticides and herbicides are designed to kill bugs and discourage animals from eating the crop. But if these chemicals are being washed into drinking water, that's no longer just killing bugs on the crops, but also pollinators, which there is already a shortage of. Using pesticides and herbicides and practicing monocrop, soil is depleted from water and CO2. Flooding and a surplus of CO2 in the atmosphere is the result. Healthy soil can help to reduce CO2 in the atmosphere and risk of flooding significantly. Healthy living soil has the ability to store carbon instead of releasing it into the atmosphere, which is an important goal in the fight against global warming. Strengthening soil improves water holding capacity and reduces erosion, as well as allowing for greater nutrient cycling, such as nitrogen. Finally, regenerative farming maximizes biodiversity on the farm, resulting in healthy po populations of soil microorganisms, plants, pollinators, birds, and small mammals, all of which contribute to a healthy, functioning ecosystem. Regenerative farming is one of the most promising developments of our time, and livestock producers have a key role to play since animals can transform dry land into lush pasture simply by grazing. Some people think we should start with how we use energy and burn fossil fuels because it is the number one cause of climate change. But what they don't understand is that the sooner it is figured out sustainable ways to grow food, the better, because agriculture is the main way to receive food. And without it, we cannot survive. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with others so that we may spread awareness. Peace, Peace out! out.